Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Two Pre-Sales in a Pod. So you're joined by myself, Adam Freeman, and we've got Don with us. Hi, Don. Hey. Hi. Brilliant. And we've got our guest today, Melanie Benlam of Oracle. So Melanie, do you want to introduce yourself to uh, the listeners? Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's uh, very exciting to, to be on the podcast. Uh, so I work for, for Oracle uh, and I am the Director of Cloud Systems Solution Engineering for our Western Europe region. So uh, so that includes uh, three three sort of sub-clusters, UK, Ireland and Israel uh, is one, the Benelux region, and uh, more recently, the, the Nordics region. And so I guess it's essentially we're, we're architecting uh, cloud infrastructure solutions for our customers. And it's nice because you're our first guest from the Southern Hemisphere as well. Even though you're in England, you know, we've, we've, we've brought some Australian to the party because 7% of our listeners are Australian. So ah, it's fabulous. Nice, yeah. nice that you're representing. So take us back, Molly, because obviously you've, you've just been made director recently. You know, huge congratulations on that. And very, very well-deserved because uh, both myself and Don have known you a little while now and we know that how well-deserved that is. Just take us back, okay, to um, your journey of how do you end up as a director of pre-sales at Oracle, like how that how does that happen? So, go back to to young Melanie in uh, in Australia and tell us where it started. Sure. Uh, so, so interestingly, uh, actually, I I didn't finish high school. So uh, I left um, uh, at the start of year eleven. Actually, I was too eager to get into the workforce. Um, so I, uh, I actually, when I was at school, used to, to ring a taxi to come and pick me up from the bus bay so that I could wag school to go to work, uh, which is, uh, yeah, they were, the school obviously wasn't that happy with it. But um, anyway, so it made sense that, that I moved on and, uh, and I, I got a traineeship with, uh, with Woolworths and was there for about seven years. But that's where I, um, I actually decided to do uh, some study in business management. So I worked full time and uh, did my studies in the evening uh, in, in, in business management. Yeah. Uh, but I, I guess uh, from Woolworths, I, uh, I decided that uh, I wanted to experience the workforce outside of a, a large organization. And I, and I took a sales rep role uh, for a wholesaler uh, in the manufacturing uh, sector and, and sort of moved through um, uh, the sales rep role there uh, into account management and then key account management and, and looked after a, a sales team uh, sales team there and, and sort of sold to, to buyers at, at some big organisations in, uh, in Australia. But uh, I, I guess from that, I was there for, for nine years, which was a great experience, and, and that got me from sort of Sydney to, Sydney to Melbourne. Uh, and uh, uh, then moved across. So I actually jumped from manufacturing wholesale into financial services. So still in key um, key account management, uh, but I jumped industries there, which which was actually quite tough because I found people wanted to kind of pigeonhole you uh, into a sector, uh, and I really had to lean on that um, the the concept of transferable skills. Uh, and uh, and to to get into uh, the the finance finance industry there, but um, so that was a great experience, and and I guess that's where where the story pats really starts to start for me, mm-hmm. um, and and sort of get that first first exposure into the IT industry. Yeah, and it's I think it's important this because a lot of people think you know to get to where you've got to, I have to have a degree, I have to have that kind of educational excellence to end up 
where where you are and that's mm. that's just not the case is it for you mm. and your story yeah exactly I think um I, you know I, I took my studies uh slowly so um uh, and and studied for quite a long time but uh, but did that all in uh, in the evenings as a as a mature age student actually yeah, I was, I was going to say I did uh, electronic engineering and I think about six months after I uh, graduated, I didn't use any of the skills whatsoever and haven't done for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so um, in fact, I'm now dangerous wiring a plug. If Don, if Don turns up at your house to fix something, just honestly, just, just, just ring somebody else. It's Nobody's not, home. It's going to make a bigger mess, right? So, so. So tell us about, so you'd had that kind of early experience of work, but that's not where your creative spark mm. kind of started, is it really? No, no. So around the same time, actually, of, of me working for this financial analysis firm, um, I, I started to get curious about IT uh, and that's where it all started. So um, because I was looking after a, a, an area that was the business case for two software applications uh, and we had an IT manager there who was, amazing he was such an inspiration and, and he was really into agile methodology and I loved his mindset um, it, it was exciting it was um, just a totally different way of thinking um, and so that kind of got me curious and, and so I thought oh you know what I, I'd like to learn more about IT so I'm going to go and set up a website um, and coincidentally at the same time I had uh, started to learn how to hula hoop uh, and I'd also started uh, a course in face painting. Wow. So my my bright idea was to combine the two. And just, just to clarify for listeners, that was hula hooping and face painting, yes? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes, confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> at the and, same time. Uh, <laughs> yes, at, at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I even expanded those, those creative skills um, into uh, magic and uh, character party hosts. So, uh, my, yeah, my skills are endless. <laughs> and, but I think, um, you know, a, a, amazingly what happened, I did that with the intention of learning, uh, and, and learning is definitely one of the things that, that, that drives me. Um, but actually what happened was I developed a, a successful uh, business and that I was doing on weeknights and, and, and weekends and, and it became really successful and I had to get contractors in to try and keep up um, with, with, with the work. But I think that experience uh, gave me a lot of confidence because there was no, there was no boss uh, above me. And I think, you know, if I had to have those, um, you know, some of those challenging conversations or negotiations that, 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 that you come across uh, from time to time, then there was no one else to kind of go, oh, uh, do you have my back? Can you have this difficult conversation for me? You know, it, it was me. The, the back stopped with me. Yeah, I do, I'm absolutely fascinated by this because having my own business myself, I think mm -hmm. the, the learning opportunities are unbelievable. So I know before this call, you were talking about uh, having your business. One of the, the key things was uh, trying to understand your own value. You know, yeah. what to charge yourself out at. and and then you did tell us as well you, you eventually sold the business as well so yeah. you, know, you actually built something that had a you know had a value outside I, yeah. I, I it's absolutely fascinating that you know people and, and for, I'd almost advise people even as a side gig try and start a business because mm. the learning is unbelievable what you know all the, the skills you're going to have to develop to do it but but yeah sort of going back to the value you created in the business yeah, so I, I, I guess what was really apparent for me at the time and, and a bit of a journey that I went on through that process was 
valuing or putting a value on on my skills. And I was evolving uh, on that journey. And so you kind of had these iterations of, oh, right, I'm at this level now. And I need to set a value for myself that's in line with, with the value that I'm providing. And I need to justify that to my, my customers. And, you know, so, and I guess it, it was a lot of, um, yeah, d- discovery about, about worth and value and, and putting boundaries in um, and, and going on that journey. So, yeah, learnt, learnt a lot through that time. And talk to us. So, you, you know, you kind of experienced that. And obviously, you're, you're still in the Southern Hemisphere there. And you, you're kind of moving yeah. through these skills and acquiring these life skills, which resonates a lot. I think there's, I absolutely echo what um, you and Don have said is getting that practical, hands on experience of management, of skills building, of trying yeah. something outside of what you're, you're comfortable with. And it, it's yeah. only going to benefit your career. But talk to us. You ended up in Europe then, right? Yeah, At some point, so you kind of I made guess- that jump. Yeah, a few things happened. So um, I, I guess you kind of have to come back a few steps to go forward. So um, both my parents are, are English, so I knew that I had access to a, to a British passport. Uh, and I think ever since I was young, I had this vision in my mind that I, I'm going to go and live and work in the UK for a time. Uh, and I had this uh, little charm bracelet of the Big Ben that my, my grandmother gave me. Um, you know, so I, I guess in the back of my mind, I always had this vision that, that that's where I was going. Um, and so I, I guess if we sort of move, move forward a little bit and, and I was at this financial analysis firm, so I, I, I led a team there, uh, which was great, but I wanted to get into IT. You know, I wanted to be part of a growth industry uh, and, and get closer to that mindset. Um, and, and an opportunity came up um, for me to, to interview for Oracle. Um, and I knew that I wanted to get to the UK and I knew that Oracle was a global organization. So this was, this was my chance, um, to, to align with, with an organization that kind of ticked the boxes for me. You know, I I was going to be learning. It was a growth mindset. It was a global organization. Um, you know, and, uh, whilst the, the role that I went in for was actually in, in system support, um, it, it wasn't managing a team which kind of went, well, that's okay because I'm on this new journey. Um, but, you know, that, that's probably something that I, I want to get back to. Um, so I was, I was successful for, for the role. And, and coincidentally, uh, I guess at, at the same time, I had some, some personal uh, stories and, and challenges that came up. And uh, so my, uh, my, my brother actually worked for the circus and, and did a lot of rock climbing and base jumping um, you know live one of these characters that just lives life to to, to the max uh, and and we had sort of joined our our dreams together and and he wanted to to move to France um, and and I wanted to to get to the UK and then I thought well that's cool I'll do a, a bit of time in the UK and then I'll come and meet you in France and we'll start up a business there in in circus and um, all that sort of stuff. So um, unfortunately at, at that time my uh, my brother had an accident. Uh, and uh, and he passed away. So I guess, uh, and that was actually the day of my interview with Oracle. Oh, um, so I guess what that did for me is when I look back, it actually channeled this focus. Um, and I used that, I guess it was grief and, and it was all that energy that comes with it. And I, and I used that in a in a constructive or positive way. 
and I fed that into two things. I fed that into my where's my unicorn business, and and I and I fed that into my job at um, at Oracle. Uh, and and I think when I look back, I have to say I think that really accelerated uh, the, the journey that I was on and what my end goal was because I really wanted to fulfil uh, that that promise or or, or that that dream or, or goal that we had for uh, for ourselves. It's really powerful, isn't it? Because it's it's kind of honouring that 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 shared dream yeah. you'd created and you're using something yeah. very personal but the reason why we're kind of sharing this story isn't it because I think there's a lot of people that and and I've known people over my career who have that kind of personal loss and we always think well we'll keep personal life completely separate to work life it just mm. doesn't work like that does it when mm. something like that happens it's okay to have your personal life fuel your ambition in your yeah. in your work life and the, there was two ways you could have dealt with that wasn't there there was one way you could have taken a step back and said hey you know I I, I need to stay where it's comfortable yeah. and 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 happy but you did the opposite didn't you You kind of used yeah. it as that fuel and and that fire to go and and really yeah. live out your dreams didn't you and I, I hope there's if there's people listening that have maybe been through a similar thing, and I, I know there are people mm. who've had personal loss, I, I hope you hear that and kind of think, just take a check and go, what's the right thing for me to do? Because longer term, it, it does work out, doesn't it? It does work out okay. Yeah, it, it does. It, it definitely does. Um, and, and it was also an, a nice way to, um, uh, I, I guess, in, in the face painting, and, and it, it really did connect me to my brother at, at, at the time. And I had all these smiling faces coming back at me, as, as you can imagine, with face painting and, and hula hooping. Um, not so much with support. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it was a really nice way to kind of uh, honour him in that sense. Yeah. One, one of the things I talked about just before uh, we started recording was about mm. um, you have a real focus on planning your career. Uh, I mean, I was yeah. fascinated by that. In fact, you, you really strong, what is it, vision, mission, vision, goals. Mission, goals. I mean, I, 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 I like all of that. So I'm a huge admirer. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I mean, where did you get, you know, that kind of planning focus? Does that come from, you know, the skills that you developed and having your own business and the that the career path you planned for yourself? Yeah, look, I think, you know, maybe some of these traits are inherited from, from our parents, but my mum is so organised. She has a list for everything. Um, you know, so I think I've, I've had lists since I was four. Um, and I, I guess I've always been into self-development at the same time. So I do a lot of, um, you know, sitting down and, and thinking about my life and thinking about what I want to achieve and, you know, having that, that, vision, that vision, you know, and then aligning goals to that. And then what that does is kind of set the activities. And I think almost subconsciously, when you have that clarity of vision in your mind, it then guides all those little micro decisions that you make in life, brings you a step closer to where you want to go. Brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, you moved on to kind of the director role. Um, mm. Was that, you know, that was part of the plan? Uh, look, I, I, I won't deny that it was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, perhaps, um, yeah, and, and, and yes, it, it, it was on my list and, and it, it was um, something that I was open that I wanted to, to achieve. But I think... You know, my, my journey at Oracle has just been fantastic. Um, I almost have to pinch myself um, at, at 
what I've been able to achieve in that short amount of time. So, you know, I, I got to move from our office in, in Melbourne, Australia, and within two years I had a transfer to the office in, in London. Um, you know, and I think that there has been this circus theme throughout um, my this, this journey, to, to be honest, you know, and I think, um, I think one point I would like to make, you know, is that, you know, focus on the right things and the rest will work itself out. Um, and I've always focused on the customer. And I think when you do that, everything else just works out, you know, and, and I had good relationships with my account team and, and it was obviously recognized by, by both the customer and, and, and by Oracle. And I was lucky to, to go off to Oracle Open World in, in San Francisco and, uh, and find the person I, I needed to find to, to ask for an interview. Wow. One of the things you just said, one of the things that was a very early piece of advice that someone gave me back when I was in consultancy, where I'm going back seven years before I ventured into pre-sales, and someone said to me, you know, make the customer happy, focus on the customer, focus on what's going to drive that. Mm-hmm. I didn't focus on making bosses and people yeah. above me happy. That wasn't what I was there to do. I was there mm-hmm. to help customers achieve their goals. Yeah. And out of that kind of drove this reputation, wasn't it, that, yeah. oh, you know, I'm sure you had the same. You can really achieve some results in mm. by doing the right things. You can get promoted. I don't think you have to do the right things that people expect of you. It's just doing the right thing. Mm. Sometimes is is the biggest bit of advice I could give anybody younger. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and uh, I, I think your your reputation will speak for you uh, in in that sense. And even if sometimes you you, you miss a beat, and I, and I can give you an example, you know, I, I knew at this dinner, I had to find the, the VP of, of the beer and, and, and talk to him and, you know, and, and, and I found him and then I, I, I got nervous. <laughs> but then the, the two people that I were with who I knew very well knew what my vision was uh, and obviously believed in me and, and my, my reputation and, and they jumped in there and said, you know, Melanie wants to, to, to work in London. What do you think? And, and I managed to get an interview uh, the very next day on, on a street in San Francisco. Wow. Mm. Gosh, that's focus, isn't it? Literally on a street, by the way. Sorry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that's really big to you is about, um, you know, personal owning your own development, you know, personal development yeah. and, and making time for it and kind of, you know, reinvention. I mean, I mean can you say some words about that? Because I think that's a really strong mm. message. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm very focused on on my development and 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 that of um, my, my team. But you know that there is so much available to us. Um, you know, especially at Oracle. If I think about the training, it's endless. Uh, you know, certifications, LinkedIn Learning, Linda. There is so much. It's 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 overwhelming. So I think being very um, selective uh, in uh, making that time for uh, for development for yourself, but think about where do I want to go, uh, and and focus your development in that area, um, and and that's always served me well. So yeah, definitely, it's really important to carve time out uh, and and set that time aside for for your own personal development. That's so important for staying relevant, isn't it? Because I think that's what we've seen through this pandemic, that I think the people who shine probably the next six to 12 months and probably one of the reasons that you've been promoted director is it's a slightly different skill set that's required now, isn't it? And I think that that personal development angle, you just said they're making time for yourself. It's not, you know, it's not taking away from anything else. That's 
doing a service back to your organization, isn't it? That I'm committing to staying relevant and, and staying up to date, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And especially in technology, uh, it, it's changing so fast uh, and, and we need to constantly evolve and, and, um, and change uh, with those trends. Yeah. Let's ask you a quick question. So obviously, you jumped from, from the support world. That was where you made your yeah. kind of sideways shift, wasn't it, into to pre yeah. And that's where we, we began to, to talk quite a few months ago now, wasn't it? And, and you'd obviously moved. How did you find that jump from? Because I know some people will listen to this podcast with aspirations of mm. moving into pre-sales and maybe are in support of product. And yep. how did you find that shift? Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I think, you know, Oracle offers a lot of programs to, um, to support um, those kind of shifts. So I was uh, really lucky to be nominated into, into a management readiness program. Um, so that started to prepare me um, for my next role. And, um, you know, we, we have lots of um, uh, internship programs, graduate programs, and, and actually uh, as an IC, we call that an individual contributor, um, I took on three interns and was managing uh, three interns um, there. So I, I guess there's that sort of preparation. And, you know, I knew I wanted to move into to, uh, leading a team again, and I actually hadn't considered the possibilities of really shifting um, lines of business, um, you know, and, and so when when the opportunity came up, it was it was actually quite a daunting decision um, to to step outside of my my line of business, um, and and yeah, it, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a different um, oh, what's the word? Uh, it's definitely a different environment, and and it does take some uh, adjusting. Um, certainly when you've got sales cycles involved, it's, it's a completely different environment to, to that of the support world. Yeah. I, I was just being a bit older. <laughs> All right. Quite a bit older, being quite <laughs> a bit older. <laughs> if you went back a couple of decades or 15 years or so, it was interesting that in many companies, your pre-sales people, they started in support. That was kind of what you did. You mm. learned the product, you learned how to deal with clients. You probably learned how to deal with difficult situations and objections. And, and you kind of, your career revolved from that into, into kind of pre-sales. Mm. And you're right, it is different. Um, and it, it's just interesting, you know, that was historically how you did it. I think you mm. do learn a lot though in support though, is it dealing with clients, difficult clients? I think yeah. that's a really top skill. Yeah, I think certainly um, that, um, especially an escalation process, uh, if you've been through one of those and, and come out the other side, then, uh, you know, um, I think you'll be okay. Um, but, but certainly I think support uh, sets you up in good stead for, um, you know, it, I mean, it comes back to the customer, doesn't it? Again, it, and, and your relationships and, and just solving problems for the customer and, and to be honest I think support and and, and pre-sales isn't that different in that respect we're, we're both trying to solve problems for customers one of, one of the things we've spoken about when we have our catch-ups man isn't it that mm. that uncomfortable feeling and and we, we've both spoken about this actually haven't we as we've gone through because I'm not from a university degree background that's not my mm. role and we we've spoken previously about you know having feelings of almost a lot of people banned around LinkedIn imposter syndrome I think it's probably yeah. Sometimes a little bit too overused, maybe. Sometimes it's just feeling uncomfortable, isn't it? And that's something you've mm. actively sought, haven't you, throughout your yeah. career? In in a sense, I, I almost chase fear. Um, and and I, I tell myself that, you know, if I'm not uncomfortable, 
then I'm not challenging myself or evolving. And so it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Uh, and, and I'd tell anyone that if, you know, if, if you do have that, that sense of uncomfortableness, that's actually where I think the magic happens. Um, you know, that's where you're evolving and, and you're changing and that's, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah. The, the, what is it? I don't know if it's a cliche or whatever. The, they kind of say, you know, if you want to build a new comfort zone, you've got to get outside your comfort zone. So the only way of mm. doing that is to be uncomfortable. So yeah. it's just a natural human thing is you, yeah. you can only do that by, you know, being uncomfortable and developing yourself and learning a new set of confidences. I think we're, we're starting to kind of draw to a close a little bit, really. And I think, Melanie, we could sit and chat with you all day. I really <laughs> enjoy just listening to your story because even for me personally, I'm taking bits away and it just energizes bits and, and refocuses because I'm, mm. I'm like, Don, I'm not a, a, a very good planner. Um, I kind of had an end goal of where I want to be, but I think how you've just broken that down is really good. Mm. So if you were, if you were going to give people advice, so there'll be people listening to podcasts who are maybe out of work right now and want to get back in. There'll be mm. people who are in, resonate with all different aspects of your story that's led you mm. to to where you are right now what would you say what would you be your takeaway for someone to maybe go and sharpen the saw a little bit yeah there's there's probably two things if I may um, and and I touched on one of them a little bit uh, earlier but um you know I I once asked um my VP at the time who was very very young you know how did you get where you are um you know you've obviously done something right but what what's your secret um, and, and his response to me was, you know, I'm selfish with my personal development. I carve out an hour every month to focus on something uh, that is for me on where I want to go next. And, and I think for me at the time, it was a shock. I went, what? Spend an hour a month not working? You know, and, and what he did in that moment was actually give me permission um, to, to focus on me and you know, if I think about that now, at the time that was a shock, but, you know, the return on investment for Oracle by me putting that time aside every hour, um, you know, is huge. So, um, yeah, so so carve out that time for, for you uh, and, and focus on developing yourself for what you want to do next would, would, would be number one. And, and I think the second point I'd like to make is that, you know, I didn't do any of this alone. Uh, all along my journey, I've had people mentoring me, supporting me. I've, I've had what you might call my own little board of directors, you know, that have probably had me on the phone going, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Um, you know, and, and I think what I've noticed at, at, at Oracle is that everyone will help you. People want to help you, but they can't help you if they don't know what you want. Um, you know, so be vocal about what you want to do and, and, and not in the sense of asking people to do things for you, because I think, again, you know, you should always give into the bank before you take out of the bank. But, but, you know, focus on the customer, do the right thing. Your reputation will, will speak for you. Tell people what you want to do. And, and I'm sure people will help you along the way because, you know, um, your, your network really is everything. You know, I'd absolutely love to continue conversation. Do you know what? Maybe we can do another episode about how appropriate circus skills are to do yeah. themselves. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. We're always spinning plates. Or <laughs> I could teach you both to hula hoop. Ooh. That could be interesting. 
I don't know. I need a I need a bigger hula hoop after this lockdown for sure. It was a, it was a smaller hula hoop before lockdown. So um, <laughs> with that said, Melanie, I, just mm. fantastic. I think every pre-sales team, in my opinion, should have a Melanie. I think you you you're, you're very good. You're very humble with your success um, as well. And there's a lesson to be taken from that as well. And I think you you know you, you give back um, so much inspiration. I'm sure to so many people listening. And just a huge thank you for for sharing your story and, and so openly. Um, I think it will help a lot of people. Um, and from us, just just thanks for being brave enough to come on the show because obviously you reached out and said, hey, you know, we'll come and do this. And that takes some guts. So that's again putting yourself in that fear factor, right? You're 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 living what you uh, what what you preach. So um thanks for that. But yeah, yeah, if you're listening to this and this inspires you, come on, come and join us. Okay, do what Melanie's done. Um, but yeah, just a huge thank you from us, um, mm. as always. Thank you, because um now it's probably appropriate to tell you that being on a podcast was on my list. We've helped you. So I think you know if bits of this story resonate, feel free. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn if that's okay, Melanie, yeah, on the course. on the show yeah. notes and, and reach out to Melanie. She's an active part yeah. of a lot of the pre-sales leaders groups, particularly in the UK. Um, but but please reach out to her or us um and we can chat through anything you hear. So from us, thank you ever so much, Melanie. Thank you, and we'll speak to you soon. See you guys. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.